Sox Weekly, the official weekly talk show covering all things White Sox baseball. Get the fireworks ready. White Sox Weekly on WLS AM 890. Good afternoon and welcome into White Sox Weekly here on WLS AM 890. I'm Connor McKnight. We've got you for an hour of White Sox talk. Spring training is just around the corner. Pitchers and catchers report in a matter of days. Sooner rather than later, we're going to have some baseball games, albeit spring training games. We're going to have some baseball games to break down with you here on the show. Still some news to get to in this afternoon's show. A couple of uh, a couple of minor league additions to the White Sox roster. A couple of arms added. We kind of thought there would be a few arms added between Sox Fest and the beginning of spring training. Guys reporting and whatnot. And really uh, a league-wide story that has not calmed down since we talked about it two weeks ago here on the show. Still a lot of free agents that have not signed. high price, big-ticket free agents that have not signed with any club. Uh, we've had a little bit of movement, not a whole lot. So, again, we're talking a bit about a logjam in free agency, and that has been taken up by a few agents and players alike. We'll touch on that a bit as well. We'll get to the uh, get to the additions. We'll get to the rumors around. But we will also hear a couple of real good interviews. We had, you know, the White Sox are great in, in that they throw a bunch of, of players and coaches at us throughout Sox Fest, and it's a, a lot of real good interviews. I have cultivated what I thought were the best and most entertaining interviews, and that's what we're going to do in the show this afternoon. You're going to hear from Ricky Renteria just after the first break. To be quite honest with you, I, we've had the chance to talk to Ricky a couple of times here on the show and in pregame shows and postgame shows, off-air and on-air. This might have been one of my favorite conversations we've had with Ricky. I, I think, I don't know if it was Sox Fest that necessarily put people in a different mood, whether it was just the, the pure excitement for the season to come, whether it was the excitement for a lot of the young kids as a part of this rebuilding process that are now a full year closer and in a lot of circumstances this close to being a But there was a, a different sense, I think, about Ricky at, at Sox Fest here this past weekend and i thought it brought about a, a really interesting interview from the white Sox skipper and we want to bring that back for you in just a couple you'll hear from jake berger who was just a lot of fun to talk to he's only been in the white Sox organization for about oh i don't know six months or so so he's he's still having a whole lot of fun with his first pro experience his first Sox fest and we had a lot of fun with him on the show we gave him a lot of tips for a podcast he seems to be wanting to start one of those with nikki delmonico so We'll bring that back to you, too. And one of the elder statesmen on the club is Carlos Rodon. Weird to say, and and Carlos obviously has, you know, some health issues that he's trying to fix uh, over the course of spring training, and we will see when his debut for the White Sox comes in the 2018 season. But uh, he had a few things to say about that rehab, and it's about, about where his state of mind is with the changes that have gone on in this organization. Carlos, I think was one of the stars of SoxFest in that he really stepped out into the limelight, stepped out with a microphone and, and led some discussions and, and led really this interview, too, uh, that we'll bring you a little later on. So I, I did want to revisit that some as well. Sox fans, it's never too early to lock in a 2018 ticket package. Full and partial ticket plans are available, including a lower-level 10-game plan starting at $230. Take advantage of great benefits like discounted pricing and flexible payment plans. 
For more information, call 312-674-1000 or visit whitesocks.com. Just real quickly here, uh, three minor league signings by the White Sox, all of them relievers. Bruce Rondon, Jimar Gomez, and Xavier Sedano all added. Sedano, pardon all added by the White Sox over the past week. Rondon, you're familiar with the flamethrower with the Tigers the last couple of years. They had non-tendered him, so he's got a, a chance here with the White Sox. A lot of strikeouts, a lot of heat, a lot of walks. We've seen that with uh, we've seen that in the AL Central as you know, watching Tigers games uh, against the White Sox the last couple. A big problem with home runs in 15 innings pitched in the major leagues last year. Bit of a reclamation project, but when you've got that kind of heat, it gives you a little bit of leeway one way or the other. We'll see if some changes can fix there. Jean-Marc Gomez, the other guy added, he of the Phillies last year through 22 innings for those Phillies. He looks eerily, at least his picture, looks eerily like Jose Quintana. It's very strange. They're both Venezuelan, uh, but they do really look a lot alike. Just, they, they do. They look a lot alike. So, you know, no... Jose Quintana is not back in camp with the White Sox. It's Gene Mark Gomez, who looks uh, frighteningly like Jose Quintana. Uh, another guy who's got some good heat, a uh, decent fastball, works uh, out of the, the right-hand side of things, and a bit of a reclamation project as well, uh, a 1-7 whip last season. And as a 29-year-old, going to be 30-year-old here in just a couple of days, had worked a bit with good numbers in AAA uh, but making the jump to Major League Baseball was uh, not all that great for Gomez last season. Xavier Cedeno was hurt almost all of last year. He only threw in total nine games for the Rays. Uh, left-hander who can be a pretty good loogie when he's on, uh, but a forearm issue cost him pretty much the entirety of 2017. He was not good in the seven games he was able to pitch in April and got bounced around a little bit in two games in September, but that's those are injuries and you know, we'll see if Cedeno is able to get healthy and get back on top of things come 2018 with the White Sox. So those are the new guys. Just a couple added into things. We'll take a quick break here and on the other side get to Ricky Renteria's interview from SoxFest. But spring training is coming quick. You can join the Bulls Sox Youth Academy on President's Day, February 19th for a fun three-hour baseball or basketball camp. Two sports stars, you can make a day of it by having fun developing your skills in both sports. Camps are open to boys and girls ages 5 to 14. Call 630-PLAY-BALL or visit BullsSoxAcademy.com to register today. More White Sox Weekly after this with Skipper Ricky Renteria. I'm Connor McKnight. This is WLS AM 890. Welcome back to White Sox Weekly here on WLS AM 890. I'm Connor McKnight, and as I mentioned at the top of the show, we wanted to bring you some of the best from SoxFest this past weekend. And I thought we had... As far as this show is concerned, the best interview we've had with Ricky Renteria, we talked about a lot of good stuff for this coming season, and we want to bring it back to you here. And I started by asking Ricky about the attitude around SoxFest this season. We're extremely uh, excited about the upcoming season, and we're really excited about all the fans that are here with us today and have been here through the week uh, of the opening of the SoxFest. And I know we're going to come to a conclusion here soon, but uh, 
we're as excited as everybody is uh, that's here, and uh, we appreciate certainly all of their support and and uh, the guys that we have. Uh, it's real. I know I keep telling everybody it's real. It'll just be a matter of connecting their talents with the ability to execute and go out there and have some fun and, and win some ball games. So we've had a couple of your young men come by the the station and come by the show in the last two days. We did a three-hour show yesterday, and I want to make sure I have the guest list right because the names are important. We had Lucas Giolito, yeah. we had Nikki Delmonico, we had Carlos Rodon, we had Tim Anderson all stop by. Jason Benetti was here too, but okay, we'll talk more about the players. <laughs> and with those guys, I felt this: there was a there was a real self-assured confidence in a very good way from all those young men. Tim was quiet last season, a quiet guy in general. Carlos is is not all that outspoken, but still has a confidence to him. I wonder if you're seeing, probably not for the first time, because you're with these guys every day, but I think we're seeing for the first time these guys come out of their shell and take their right as, as a ball player in this league. I think what happens is, you know, as these guys continue to establish themselves as major league baseball players and have success, it allows them a little bit more of the confidence that uh, it's kind of they're backing up what they believe in themselves capable mm -hmm. of doing. And then you have some results that uh, start telling you that, yeah, maybe I'm, I, I can be here, I can perform here, I can succeed here. And uh, I think every single year is a, is a growing uh, uh, experience, both physically and emotionally. And, and in the confidence, it's, you know, anything you do, it's all about confidence. And I think when we talk about uh, believing in them, you know, we always ask them to, to make sure that they believe in themselves. And I think it, it kind of goes hand in hand. And uh, they're growing to be... Uh, uh, wonderful uh, Major League uh, baseball players and people. Talking with Ricky Renteria here on White Sox Weekly. Here's Sox Fest 2018. I, uh, I want to show you something that I, was, I started to doodle uh, while I was getting ready for the show here. Okay. And I know that you've done the same thing this offseason. We talked about it on Wednesday, <laughs> so you can't even tell me that you haven't. You know what's coming. I've, I've written down a lineup. Yeah, I know you yeah. have. Just a couple. Yeah. And it's harder than I, than I thought when I scratched yeah. out a bunch on the paper already. Yeah. So I'll, I'll read it for, for those listening and, and those here. But you're looking at it. I, I know I you're shaking your head already. You hate this. No, I'm, I'm looking at it. Yoan Mancata, Yolmer Sanchez, Jose Abreu, Avi Garcia, Nicky Delmonico. I needed a lefty in the nice. middle of that lineup nice. somewhere. There. I like to balance some things yeah, out. There so. you go. Tim Anderson, Wellington Castillo, Lurie Garcia. Probably a little lower than he ought to be. Wow. Switch hitter there, and then Adam Engel in the nine spot holding up everything. I, You and I talked a couple of times this last season. I asked you, and I don't know if you were happy answering it, but I asked you. You like the switch hitters, two of them, at the top of the lineup. I do. How come? I think it gives us uh, flexibility. Uh, it doesn't force me to do anything at the top when I know these guys are possibly getting a lot of at-bats during a ball game, especially if they're uh, proficient and, and balanced on both sides of the plate. It allows them to be able to get turned around and still be uh, effective. Uh, I think uh, usually you try to split them up a little bit more, uh, but I think you have to take into account their ability to go ahead and hit on both sides of the plate uh, and keep them in a position that's still going to give you an opportunity to uh, take advantage of their uh, capabilities. With a lot of these guys, yeah. Yoan, Yolmer, Nicky, even Tim to a certain point, Lurie, yeah. Engel, if he is the, the center fielder, obviously, there are... I wonder how you balance where they need to be in a lineup and how the lineup itself needs to be constructed. These guys are going to prove themselves for really the first time in a whole season the coming year. Well, I, I think we have a great problem because the depth of the lineup now, as you say, you're scratching your head and you've scratched things out. You go, God, this looks good. This does, Wow. I mean, I can use any number of guys sure. uh, in that makeup. And yeah. I think we try to go 
uh, to multiple things. We use matchup sheets. Uh, we try to see where we believe they're going to be able to be uh, more effective within that lineup against the people that they're they're facing. Mm-hmm. At the same time, uh, some guys, when they're starting to run a little hot, you try to make sure you find a way to keep them going and you want to keep them uh, participating. So the, the beauty of the club that we have is we have a lot of flexibility. I mean, Yomer can play multiple positions. Lurie can play multiple positions. Uh, all of our outfielders actually can, can probably play multiple positions, but we're trying to sort out uh, and keeping them in a position that will be most advantageous for us, uh, along with uh, now a DH slot that allows me to keep using those bats and moving them around and, and uh, take advantage of all of them. You mentioned the, the chance to, to be flexible in this lineup. I wonder if that also extends to the bullpen. Uh, I, I've bugged you before about yeah. the idea of maybe not using a closer, being multiple in some ideas late in that game. Yeah. You, you've mentioned trying to talk to guys about blocking out which three outs you're getting and, and right. trying to level things out to that point. I wonder you know, how those conversations go with guys who are – New to the system, and you know guys like Joaquin Soria, who have been doing it for a dozen years. You know, Joaquin's been doing uh, multi uh, situations. I think even with Kansas City, uh, I think it depends on the leverage, uh, what they're capable of doing, what the matchup may look like. Uh, when we when we get into spring training, and we started it last year. Uh, when the pitchers and catchers reported, we talked about um, concentrating on getting outs as opposed to innings. Yeah. And uh, I think it started to uh, kind of take hold with them. They understood what we were talking about. Uh, the most important thing is to make sure that uh, every opportunity they get to, to record uh, the out, uh, we're going to take advantage of. And if that means giving them the best matchups possible, if the situation calls for us using somebody which may not be necessarily in the ninth, and it might be the eighth, possibly the seventh, but maybe the eighth, in which uh, it's the most important moment, uh, that might, you know, determine the outcome possibly of the ball game. Having full confidence, obviously, in the guys that we have throughout the the bullpen, uh, being able to mix and match and allow them to still be able to either hold, close, uh, or set up. So uh, I think it just depends on each individual. Uh, we want them to feel comfortable in what they're doing, but we want them to also know that uh, we think uh, in a flexible uh, manner so that uh, they're always available and ready to pitch. Talking with White Sox manager Ricky Renneria here on White Sox Weekly. We had, a, we had Lucas Giolito stop by yesterday, yeah. and I, one of my favorite moments of the 2017 season was a day that Lucas was on the mound. I, I told him, you know, here's, I want to talk about this, and here's where we're going, and I, I look at him and I go, so you're in Detroit, you're playing Detroit. And he knew exactly what we were talking about from day one, from from minute one. It was bases loaded. You went out there to the mound, you challenged the young man, you told him that that was his game. He mentioned too to us, you know, he was talking that he woke up that morning, committed, determined, obsessed with getting his first win in the big leagues too. I I wonder if that moment sticks out to you as as much as it does to others, to Lucas and. As, as you walked out there to Lucas, what was going through your head knowing that this is a young man that you get to challenge at this point? I, I think that you've got to make sure that uh, when you're talking to these guys, they're, they're focused on, on the moment and what they're supposed to do. I don't know. Sometimes we go out there more to make sure that they have a, a, the right mindset and the right plan of attack. Uh, I do look in their eyes. I know people think uh, in terms of simply numbers – there's a balance. There's a balancing act with uh, statistics and what an individual, uh, an individual is capable of doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you have to allow them an opportunity. And as Rick Hahn has said, mentioned many times, we had the flexibility and, and, and based on where we were at in terms of the, the makeup of the club, 
to allow these guys to experience certain moments that might uh, allow them to gain some experience, whether uh, success or failure, and then go through it with them. So uh, I think at this point, uh, these young men have been showing that they're capable. Uh, we have uh, the utmost trust in them, uh, but we also take into account uh, the other 24 men that are fighting uh, for a ball game. Yeah. And you want to make sure that they know that their efforts don't uh, go for naught. And uh, if we have to make a change, we make that change uh, according to that particular situation. Can you, are the challenges you can issue in spring training with men who may not be on the 25-man yeah. roster, guys who you know, know they're going to double-A or triple-A at some point, are, are, do you have the ability, is it the same in spring training, that, that you have a chance to offer those challenges to those young men, whether it's throwing them in that lineup against... You know, a Clayton Kershaw who's going to start perhaps, uh, you know, against the White Sox in that first spring training game? I, I think that every opportunity that we get, including spring training, offers them an oppor uh, a chance to uh, experience uh, some, some difficult moments, uh, some pressing moments. Uh, I know that uh, for the most part, there's no professional athlete or anybody that competes, including spring training, mm -hmm. that doesn't feel that when they go out there they want to do well. And uh, our job is to make sure that they know how they're going about doing what they're going to do at right. that particular moment. And uh, so they want to do well in spring, uh, regular season. It doesn't matter. Uh, a competitor is a competitor. We just want to make sure they're taking the proper approach. How have your conversations with uh, Carlos Rodon gone uh, about his getting back to the throwing program? He told us he's going to start that on Monday, which is tomorrow, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, it's Sunday, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and I wonder, as, as spring training comes around, since yeah. we began to talk about it, it's going to be, it seems, kind of a wait and see. He's just going to have to throw and report back some, it sounds like. That's, that's pretty much it. I think what we're, the, the tact we're taking is to allow him the freedom to feel completely comfortable with the recovery process, uh, the building up uh, process to get him back onto the field because once we get him back on there, we want to make sure we've been at every opportunity to allow him to be able to finish the season. So wherever that might be, uh, I think his body will tell us, his, effort, his, you know, his work will tell us. Uh, obviously, he's got to be comfortable emotionally and physically with what he's doing. Uh, we, we are certainly not pressing the issue. We want to make sure that he's completely fine and ready to go. He's been working very hard. He feels very comfortable about uh, the procedure that was in cleaning him up a little bit. He mm -hmm. feels very good about everything that's been going on to this point, and he seems uh, and feels very optimistic. Uh, and I, I shared some time with him in the uh, hitters camp. He was in. He's there in Arizona. You know, still going through his uh, process of, of uh, healing and working. And uh, I, ex I explained to him that we're not we're not going to put him in any position uh, to press. We want him to be right. And when he's ready, we'll go. I wonder if you, you mentioned the hitters camp, and I, I can't let you get away without talking a bit about it. It was a display of talent. Uh, Rakan has mentioned he was very pleased with how the, how the message that was delivered was both received and. You know, a delivered. Whatever you can share, just a little bit of, of what the message was at that point. I mean, obviously you guys were working through you know technique and you know balance and stuff, but there were there were it seems to be a conversation there too. Yeah, there were there were there were conversations every morning before they went out to do their work. Um, Todd Steverson, all the hitting coaches uh, from the minor league system, our hitting coordinators, Getsy, our minor league director, they were all there, uh, basically going over approaches, uh, plan of attack, um, terminology things of that nature, is that we are all on the same page in terms of what we're looking for situationally, how to handle certain situations. Uh, uh, I think it was more us listening to them speak to, to yeah. give us a sense of who they were, what they thought. Uh, it was a, um, a lot of questions asked on both sides. 
and I think that uh, we had uh, we developed a little bit more insight about our hitters. Uh, they're actually um, a little more more uh, advanced than, than you might think uh, in terms of their their thought process. And uh, so it was a really good uh, um, hitting camp. Uh, it ran for uh, six days, and um, I think that we hammered a lot in terms of understanding our guys and getting uh, information across and making sure that we were all on the same page and how we're going to continue to move forward with uh, how we play the game here in Chicago. So, Ricky, pitchers and catchers report in about two weeks, two weeks and two days, something yeah. like that. You are known for being at the ballpark a little earlier than yeah. everybody else. I figure you're there in, what, eight days, probably down there in Glendale, uh, getting things ready to roll? We'll be there in about four. Okay, yeah. four days is what it is. <laughs> what do you start doing before guys get down there? What's on your checklist to accomplish as a, as a coaching staff, as a manager, before you've got actual players involved? Well, I'll continue to look at the, the, the makeup of the invitees, uh, look at uh, how we're going to uh, incorporate them in, in games, uh, try to get a little bit more background on them, particularly in, as individuals. You know, put my head together as to how I'm going to try to connect them all to each other. You can take this lineup sheet with you if you want. Yeah. <laughs> take the one I did. Just walk and, that on down. <laughs> and just uh, try to create an environment, hopefully, uh, as we did last year, that's, that's inviting, that's uh, looking to work. Uh, allowing these guys to get as comfortable as possible in their baseball shoes, so to speak, mm -hmm. and, and get ready to prepare for 200. That's White Sox manager Ricky Renteria. The news is next, and Jake Berger joins us after that. I'm Connor McKnight. This is White Sox Weekly on WLSAM 890. So welcome back to White Sox Weekly here on WLSAM 890. I'm Connor McKnight, and we're bringing you the best from Sox Fest this past weekend. Already let you know about a couple of minor league additions the White Sox have made. And we're going to get to a couple of rumors, I suppose, that have been thrown around by John Heyman of FanRag Sports when we come back from our next break. A couple of things. Well, one big thing that I suppose concerned the White Sox and a hypothetical we can toss out to you here before we get on the road after White Sox Weekly today uh, Bruce Rondon, Jean-Marc Gomez, and Xavier Cedeno, the three relievers added two right-handers in Rondon and Gomez. Cedeno, a left-hander who had been hurt most of last season, and all of them kind of fit the category of guys you'd love to see be Anthony Swarzak in the next season. Uh, I'm sure the White Sox, and, and the bullpen they've kind of constructed so far, allows them to play some. There are a couple of guys who had a taste of some pressure spots last year, but might still benefit from a little bit of time in the minor leagues or, or perhaps could be part of a roster squeeze. So uh, they get to recreate a bullpen some out of whatever they can bring to spring training or bring out of spring training, I should say. Uh, those three names are going to be added into the mix. Jake Berger could be added into the mix in Double A at some point this season. We'll see where his assignment goes. He certainly had a pretty good run in his first professional assignments last year after being drafted out of Missouri State. He was uh, one of the fun guys to talk to at SoxFest last weekend. And he was fun because he's he's interested in the radio business, or at least the podcast business, you know, the one that's advertising all over the place for me undies and Blue Apron and stuff like that. You can't stop those advertisements from popping in. So uh, I wanted to start with our shared interest, uh, Jake's and, and mine, in the broadcasting industry, I, I figured I'd give him a couple of points on podcasting. Yeah, I mean, uh, I kind of woke up this morning and I'm like, hey, like, our po podcast yesterday was was incredible. I mean, sure. you know, you, you felt the, the chemistry and, uh, you know, I'm like, we could seriously do this. And, um, 
you know, I, I sent out a tweet with a poll, um, and right now it's sitting at like 84% yes for we should do it. And honestly, I want to find those 16% that said no and, and just ask why. So but, I haven't voted yet. And I, and I figured, I you know, you want me being, to sell you on it, or yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I knew you had, you were coming down here. You and I were going to have a couple of minutes, and I'd, I'd like to be moved to vote yes. I didn't want to just, you know, Sox player, guy who knows. Yeah. I, I want to be moved. Get right. me there. I mean, <clears throat> honestly, what am I going to hear on this podcast? This is my I thought. Can't hear in other places. I mean, obviously, you got the player, you know, talking about themselves sure. and, and what's going on, you know, personal. So it's not like a, a third per party who's like, yeah, giving you this information. Like some pre and post game host on White Sox yeah, radio know, like, doing, yeah, doing guys, some show at Sox Fest. I mean, my God, who wants like, to listen? Exactly, to that? but no, I mean, I was thinking like just once a week, um, me and Nikki just kind of kind of go through what we're working on, um, probably sh- share some uh, interesting stories, and then uh, you know have players on. You know, I mean, if one day we want to have Fulmer on or uh, Giolito, I mean, like. We can have them on for five minutes, and I, I think Sox fans would really enjoy that. So the other part of, of doing podcasts, you know, as you get successful, is you'll have to do reads. You'll have to do sponsorship. You know, you'll have to do that kind of stuff. Whether it's me undies or you know, yeah. Blue Apron, something yeah, like soggy. that. You yeah. want to uh, <clears throat> you want to give that a go here. This is a read for the White Sox. This is uh, which one is, is it? Yeah, the one right here. Uh, both of them. It's it's this one first, and that's the second half. This is what we call in the business a cold read. I haven't let you look at this at all. Yeah, you've just kind of got to go top to bottom here. Go ahead, take take a whip at it. All right. Join us in Glendale, Arizona for White Sox spring training. Mm-hmm. Very good. Single game tickets for the 2018 Cactus League season at Camelback Ranch are on sale now and start at just $10. $10? Jake, can that be true? It can be true. <laughs> to purchase these tickets, go online and visit whitesox.com slash spring. Give me that website one more time. <laughs> whitesox.com slash spring or Camelback ranchbaseball.com you can also call 1-800-352-0212 but don't do that use online go online go on that's that's actually pretty well done jake i'll, I'll tell you what i'm gonna vote yes on the yeah poll. the voice inflection yeah. you know very good yeah. very very good. charismatic you, know, you got through the website real clean yeah those are always tough yeah you, you gotta, know you gotta enunciate you yeah. gotta enunciate you well. hit the t's on the dot yeah otherwise it just sounds like you're mumbling yes through the thing. exactly exactly let's talk a little baseball my friend all right what was your first season making that jump from the college ball into pro ball? Like moving up a level is always tough. Mm-hmm. That move is, I got to imagine, unlike any other you're going to make, except for when you go AAA to the pros eventually. Yeah, no, I think I think the daily schedule is probably the biggest jump. Um, I would say that the pitching level and, and, and the level of play is probably similar. Um, I would say the depth is more, obviously. Sure. Um, but I would say just the daily schedule. I mean, you you got to get in a routine where you're playing every single day. Um, you know, I'm, I'm living in an apartment with six dudes. You know, and, and you gotta you gotta take that into account on an air mattress. Like, so it it's a little different um, in that sense, and and that's probably the biggest adjustment. And, you just really got to take care of your body. You allowed yourself to think over this winter what your assignment's going to be yet. You know, do you let yourself get out there just, just for a minute before bringing it back to what you've got to do every day? I mean, I feel like your mind always wanders, but, um, you know, you, you got to realize what um, what's best for you um, and your expectations. And, uh, 
I mean, the White Sox have their their expectations, and they know um, what they want to see you do this season. So, um, you know, any way you can help the organization, um, I, I feel like that's that's what I'm going for. So, I mean, yeah, your mind's going to wander, but wherever wherever the organization needs you, I mean, that's ultimately where you're going to end up. We had Ricky Renneria, the skipper, on here before you came on. You guys shared a man hug mm-hmm. as, as you went through. Everybody has said, uh, and we talked about this some on the first round panel that yep. we were on on Friday, how... I don't know real he is. You you tell me the adjective that you want to use for Ricky Renneria when it comes from big leaguers to all the way down to minor leagues. Yeah, I think I think real is probably the best word for yeah. it. I mean, he he treats the minor league guys, he treats the Great Falls guys, the AZL guys, just just as well as he does the major league guys, and and that's that's what you want to see in a manager. And I think that's that's what creates a good clubhouse once all those guys get up. You know that they they felt a part of the team before they were even up there. So. He, he talks a lot about how, you know, if you get drafted, you're a pro player, regardless of how you got to you know, this White Sox organization, mm-hmm. you've got a fire in you. You don't want to fail. I wonder, though, if there is you know, being a first-round pick, knowing that this system, and I, for those who, uh, who just got onto the show, the MLB Pipeline 100 came out. The White Sox have seven top 100 prospects. Knowing this system is as jacked as it is, it's your job to make a dent. It's your job to let people know that you're here. Any extra chip there? Any extra drive from that? I mean, yeah, you're playing with great guys like every day, you know, yeah. day in and day out. And so I think that, that gives you the competitive edge, you know, where it's like, yeah, like we're all pushing each other to be the best we can. And uh, and we know that. We know that we have a great great farm system and we got great guys already up there. So it's like, I mean, obviously this is you got to work as hard as you possibly can to, uh, to achieve your goals. So. Um, yeah, I mean, playing with those guys is, is awesome. I mean, you, you don't get to play with, uh, well, we have seven out of seven. 100. Yeah, I mean, like, and I'll get to play with, with a lot of those guys, you yeah. know. So, um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely fun and, and exciting, and, you know, I think we're all just ready for spring training. What was What is SoxFest like for you now? You grew up a White Sox fan. Mm-hmm. Your favorite player was Paul Canerco. You have been part of this organization as a kid, yeah. and now you get to sit up here and smile and wear the pinstripes. Have you had a chance to realize where you're at? I think last night was where I was like, "Wow, this is this is pretty cool." You sure. know, I got, I got back from dinner and uh, signed some autographs in the lobby, and you know, just had that that interaction between the fans. And um, I mean, it's it's incredible. I mean, every every kid wants to play for their favorite team growing up. Right. And so, I mean, it's it's uh, there's no words. I mean, yeah, I'm definitely blessed, and uh, just interacting with the fans is awesome. I mean, you you see how Jim Tomey treated the fans and and Canerco and uh, I mean going Mark Burley I mean you sure. know like it's just all great dudes and I, this organization has has been known to to have a lot of those guys and um, the fans are great too you know they embrace everybody and uh, so it's been it's been just an unbelievable weekend what's the next couple of weeks look like for you Jake as we uh, you know get closer and closer to pitchers and catchers closer and closer to spring training I know you've got a little bit of downtime before I think you, you yeah. jack things up some yeah um, so I'm gonna fly to Springfield and uh, so last year we went to the super regional and uh, we have a ring ceremony uh, on Tuesday at a basketball game very so cool. very yeah cool. well all the guys are gonna go back um, a lot of the pro guys and you know, we'll uh, we'll tell our stories for for a couple tell more days for a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, I'll be back in AZ and uh, you know getting ready to go. Um, you know, I think we start the 19th. Uh, pitchers and catchers are yeah. like the 14th. So um, just I'm excited. So what are the check marks for your first spring training with a major league organization? I mean, I, I'm sure that you've got goals for yourself. Mm-hmm. The organization will have some too. I like to ask, you know, what boxes? What do they look like? And 
you know, yeah. if you can split them up between you know, the hitting side of things and the defensive side of things too for us, because I think people are interested to see, you know, where you fit both sides. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think the first and foremost thing is just learn as much as you can. Yeah. I mean, you're going to be in a locker room with a lot of guys that have a lot of MLB experience. So, I mean, uh, asking as many questions as you can and, and getting as much information as you can to uh, to get to that level um, in the regular season, I mean, is very important. So. I think that's the first and foremost. And then, uh, I mean, defensively, I mean, obviously just always working on the range and just, again, learning, you know. I mean, there's there's probably little little things and little ticks that that, that I don't know yet. Mm-hmm. And, and these guys that have this experience know. Um, so learning that and uh, obviously always working on the range. And then uh, at, at the plate, again, learning, I mean, what what's my zone and, and how to be disciplined in, in certain situations and, and when to be aggressive and uh I think that, again, that comes with being in the locker room with a lot of guys that have experience. How has hot yoga helped the range at third base? <laughs> it's helped a lot, for real. <laughs> I mean, I've been miserable through it, but, you know, I'm grinding through it. But well, you, you know you build character when you're miserable, so that's a good yeah. You're clearly doing the right exactly. thing there. For, for those who don't know, some faces in the crowd, maybe they didn't hit the seminar. Yeah. You and Nikki Delmonico have apparently taken up. Through Groupon. Groupon. Some Cyber Monday. <laughs> incredible, incredible deal. Yeah, <laughs> yoga. I mean, first day we, we go in and we go to the hottest part of the room, not not knowing, of right. course. And, I mean, we, we're 15 minutes in, and me and Nick are looking at each other like, what did we get into? And, like, this is this is hell. And the people behind us, like, not sweating, you Nothing. know, just just normal. Like we come here every month doing the splits. I'm like, yeah, I can't. It's unbelievable. So. What, uh, honestly, the, what what are the the exercises you work on? Exercise is probably a stupid word uh, to to work on range. How do you get better in the off season? Uh, yeah. getting left, getting right. You know, being that guy that you want to be. It's a lot of like uh, agility and side to side work uh, with resistant bands. So plyo stuff. Yeah, plyo stuff. Sure. Um, different different types of jumping and explosiveness. I mean, that's you, you got to build those quick twitch muscles up. And uh, you know, I think I think that's what I've kind of strived for this off season is because I already know I'm strong. Yeah. You know, um, I can I can bench, but can I get to a ball, you know, three feet out of my range from last year, you know? And so I think that was, that was the goal this year. And, and the strength and conditioning coaches have been unbelievable with that. And, uh, you know, every day we're doing some sort of agility and resistant band work to work on that explosiveness. Jake, appreciate you stopping by. Great talking with you. Best of luck on the podcast. Thank you. Just yeah. when it gets real big and famous, don't forget to pitch White Sox Weekly. You yeah, know, no, I mean, yeah, give you a there. shout and uh, help us out. You on. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, happy to guest for you. Yeah, right. You <laughs> That's White Sox first-round pick Jake Berger. He even got the sponsor read in for us. So all I've got left to tell you is that you can give the perfect gift for the biggest Sox fan in your life during the Fan Experience Sale. Experiences include on-field access during batting practice. You can change the base and more. All experiences include game tickets and VIP perks. For more information, call 312-674-5396 or email SoxExperience at WhiteSox.com today. I'm Connor McKnight. Quick break. We'll get to uh, Carlos Rodon at SoxFest and also the latest rumors from John Heyman on FanRag Sports that concern the White Sox. I'm Connor. You got WLS AM 890. Back to White Sox Weekly here on WLS AM 890. I'm Connor McKnight, and White Sox games are better with a group. Group events are perfect for clients, employees, celebrating or fundraising. Bring your group of 10 or more for a great experience with specially priced tickets. It's never too early to start planning 2018. 
For more information, call 312-674-6330 or visit whitesox.com. Over on FanRag Sports, the esteemed John Heyman has a roundup of rumors for each and every major league team. He writes this up just about every week or so during the offseason. The White Sox are, of course, involved. And there's a lot of notes from Sox Fest, you know, mostly that uh, GM Rick Hahn was saying that Jose Abreu or Jose Abreu and Avi Garcia are likely to stay with the White Sox, at least for now. And, you know, stuff about where Aloy Jimenez and Michael Kopech might begin the season. Stuff that, uh, quite frankly, if you've been listening to the show, you, you already knew. Uh, but one thing that he's got in here for sure that's that's a genuine, you know, trade rumor, I suppose, is that the White Sox, he says, are in the market for a DH Though at this time, and I'll read straight from him, quote the Bard, right? Uh, Note evidence that they have any interest in trading for eminently available Dodgers outfielder Matt Kemp. There was a time many, many years ago, he writes, that the Sox showed some interest in Kemp, but that was many moons ago. And obviously that Matt Kemp was a very different Matt Kemp than we saw last season. Still, though, with the Dodgers picking up Matt Kemp in what was essentially a salary dump, right? They... Moved Adrian Gonzalez, picked up Matt Kemp. The Braves dropped Gonzalez, and now he's signed a minor league, uh, a major league minimum deal with the Mets. And Kemp is essentially acquirable, I would imagine, in a similar salary dump situation. The Dodgers are looking to get under that luxury tax. At least this is what they've been saying, under that luxury tax. And the deal for Kemp helped them do it, but even farther under that tax. So they might be able to sign you Darvish. We'll see where that goes. Either way, I think it's an interesting point, and one we brought up maybe two weeks ago, about the idea of of adding a veteran or perhaps even a free agent in hopes that taking a flyer essentially on a bat as opposed to on an arm in the way that they've done with Bruce Rondon and Jean-Marc Gomez and Xavier Cedeno in this last week, arms that they'll throw in as minor league invites or... You know, even arms that you added last season like Derek Holland or in this season like Miguel Gonzalez, though you know, those are flyers of a different level. You know, we're talking about perhaps moving things a bit, shaking things up some, and the lineup side where we felt so set with these with the White Sox plan going into spring training, perhaps moving things around. Still a, a rumor that I thought we'd bring up here before we get into uh, Carlos Rodon. If you went and saw some of the seminars, you certainly saw Carlos uh, taking charge of a number of them, uh, including one that, that I was on. I didn't mind him doing that at all. He was darn funny and pretty informative and, frankly, candid, too. So I started out with Carlos talking a bit about the latest in his rehab process. He was starting a throwing program this past Monday. When, Carlos? Monday. Monday. Uh, Excellent. Start stirring around and, and throwing, and, you know, it, it, it's going to take a little bit. And um, I know I get the... Uh, the inevitable question for me is uh, when uh, when are you going to be back? And that it, is you know, I just yeah. you know I've had it a, a few times, and not that I'm getting annoyed with it. Um, no, no, never. No, never. Uh, you know, I really don't know. Um, it all takes time. It's the progression of the throwing program. A lot of it's based on you know how I'm feeling, and how when if I'm feeling good, then I will progress and go along further in the, in the uh, rehab process, and eventually that'll lead to me being in Chicago and pitching for you know the club again. So are you able to, at this, you know, the throwing program starts Monday, so perhaps the answer to this is, you know, not quite yet. But when do you get to start setting goals, you know, specific goals about the throwing program, or is that not quite there? Because I know you've got goals for the season. You know, um, I really don't know because I'm a first-timer in this That's whole fair. thing. That's <laughs> this completely thing. fair. Uh, and I hope, hopefully this is the only time I ever do this. Um, I'm not sure. And, you know, you always want to set a, a realistic goal, you know, when you first start anything, so... 
I, I, I don't know when I meet with, you know, the PTA, my PT at back, uh, back in Arizona. Um, of course, you know, hats off to our medical staff and our training staff for you know, getting to me where I'm at right now. And, you know, there's still obviously more work to do. Um, as far as goals, I don't have any, and yeah. we'll see. We're talking to Carlos Rodon here on White Sox Weekly all the way till 3 here at SoxFest. Tim Anderson going to join us at 2.30. Uh, I actually uh, hosted a panel last night. It was all the first-round picks that the White Sox have currently, and Carlos is one of them, and he was there on the panel. One of the things you said was has really kind of stuck with me, and I, I asked Lucas about this when he was here about an hour ago and kind of running through it. You, a fan asked you um, about expectations and and how those how outside expectations whether it's the front office or fans or your parents or whatever how those affect you and if they affect you at all your answer was along the lines of and i, I don't want to take too much away from the it was no one has expectations higher than my own i wonder if that's something that you've learned along the way you know to to pick up and and set for yourself or if that's kind of always how you've been i I, you know, I hope I, I look at anyone in this world, and I hope they have, you know, the highest expectations for themselves. You know, if they don't, they're not really truly testing themselves. Mm-hmm. That's the way I'd look at it. Um, and I think all my teammates are, are that way as a competitor. Anyone who plays, you know, a professional sport or any sport, being, you know, and from the age of freaking six years old to who knows, I would hope that they, you know, at six years old, it's kind of hard to yeah, set your set own goal. Yeah. Right. Right. But, you know, the confidence and and the confidence in yourself set the standards high. Um, no one should set higher expectations than yourself, you know. And it's true. It, it's true. If you don't, if you can, I don't know where I'm going with this. That's all right. I'm Take your time. We got a lot. We're on till three. I'm sure. Okay, so I can just keep, take some you know, of his time. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yesterday I kind of like took over that panel and just started rambling. So you I'm did. Kinda you kind of bogarted that one. Yeah, they, they, you know they're they're young and they're they're nervous. I could see it, so I just <laughs> try to crack a joke and and start things off, but. Uh, so that's why I took over there. That's White Sox starter Carlos Rodon, and we are out of time here on White Sox Weekly. I'll leave you with this. There's no better way to watch a White Sox game than in premium seating. The Chicago White Sox offer all-inclusive club areas, private suites, and the best locations and accommodations. They've got the perfect option for two people or the whole office. For more information, call 312-674-6330 or visit WhiteSox.com. I'm Connor McKnight. Thanks so much for hanging out with us this afternoon. We'll be back next Sunday on White Sox Weekly. This is WLS AM 890. You've been listening to White Sox Weekly, the official weekly talk show covering all things White Sox baseball. Listen every week for White Sox Weekly on WLS AM 890, the proud home for White Sox baseball.